Hey, Kate. Yes, Jordan? Guess what March is. Uh, madness? Uh, it, spring? Uh, yep. fall or spring forward? Uh, Easter? No, wait, it's in April. Um, did I guess it yet? It also comes in like a lion. Shouts to the anime fans. March is hashtag tripod month. Like camera tripods? Yes, we're very invested in them. No, silly. Try like T-R-Y-P-O-D. Like tripod. Oh, like tripod. Like our pod. Yes. Like try and podcasts. That sounds like a lot of fun for the month of March. Super fun. Apparently, podcasts are growing in popularity. Podcast listenership is apparently on the rise at some of the highest levels it's ever been, but still relatively low. A lot of people don't know about podcasts. I know. It's like the radio of the future. Future. The future. So the powers that be, a bunch of people who have podcasts got together and decided, you know what? Let's try and get something going here. Let's try and get hashtag tripod. So basically, all you do, if you have a podcast you like, possibly the Geek Down podcast, maybe you can hop on your social medias and be like, I like this show. Maybe you'll like this show. Hashtag tripod. And then people out there who are looking for podcasts to listen to, because let's be honest, it can be a little overwhelming if you're out there looking for new podcasts. It can be. They can browse the tripod hashtag and find a new show. And maybe your boy and your girl will be in there as well. And they can be like, Geek Down, that sounds awesome. They would. We want to bring them to our siren song. <laughs> we have a siren song? Yeah. It's us talking. <laughs> it's, it's us yammering about Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So, hashtag tripod. We always talk about the ways you can support the show. If you want to support us, hop on your socials, your Twitters, give a brief shout to the Geek Down Pod, add us in it so we know you've done it and we can reply in kind and give you your props with hashtag tripod. It would mean the world to us. Anything that helps the show grow for 2K17, we will love you for it. We really will. We love you for a lot of things, but we'll especially love you for that. So many things. Want to start the show? Yeah. I think it's that time. All right. I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends and geeks sit down in front of microphones and try to figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is episode 58 of the show. Five, eight. Fabulous 58. You did that very well, Caitlin. Thank you. Almost as though it was pre-written. Weird, right? Look, it's not my fault. I can't keep more than four things in my head (laughs) at once. That includes words. All right, so... If anything, friends, you should just, you know, enjoy the roller coaster that we're all riding together. Cause we never, I never know what's going to come out of that mouth two minutes from now and neither does she. So it's true. <laughs> it, people forget that there are at least three other things going on while I'm doing the <laughs> podcast. I'm thinking about like my storybook adventures in my head. Um, I'm thinking about cake and how I can't really eat it anymore. Um, but thank you, Maria, for the cupcakes today um, that were dairy-free. And um, there's, you know, my entire future laid out or in front of me and how much of a disaster it's going to be or how awesome it's going to be. Where do you find the energy? Right. Anyway, friends, if this sounds like the type of thing you want to just fill your life with, there are so many ways you can listen to the Geek Down so Podcast. So many, so many. First and foremost of which, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Give us a follow on there. You will get a notification every time new episodes are uploaded or iTunes. iTunes. Top right corner. Click subscribe. 
the bells ring. And Chauncey... He hears the bells. Chauncey, the geek down internet elf, will bring you your show. And smash them directly into your ear hole. But, like, nicely. <laughs> you, you'll barely notice. It'll you'll be just, like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> you'll just feel like a breeze past yeah. your head. And you'll be like, oh, what was that? Oh my god, there's a new episode of The Geek Down. It's amazing. Thank you, Chauncey. Thank you, Bass Chauncey. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if uh, you want to you know, kind of involve yourself in our lives in the podcast. If you want to share in the glory of the Geek Down podcast. Um, there are lots of ways to interact with us. You can do it on Twitter at Geek Down Pod. You can do it on Facebook. Which is at? www.facebook.com forward slash Geek Down Pod. She, um, she didn't know. She was worried there for a second because she started doing the setup and then she was like, uh. Well, because I, I was like, what else besides Facebook do people reach us at? But sometimes people email us. Sometimes they do, and that's at geekdown. That is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Um, and besides, the, oh, and then of course, the best place to get a hold of us. <laughs> like, like you forgot about it. Is, uh, is Patreon. Patreon.com slash geekdownpod. It is really the center of all things geekdown these days. Even if you are not providing us with any sort of financial support, we appreciate it if you are. We will get to that in a moment. But even if you're not. Show notes can be found on there. Little corrections. Things, things that, that Caitlin has forgotten. Things, things, I'm call, things I'm lovingly calling things Caitlin didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. In the last episode, there were things like, and things I don't know sometimes. sometimes listen, sometimes we talk vaguely. We're just, we're, we're, we got a riff sometimes here, people. We are live off the floor here. We are human. So we are not robots that can remember all these things especially when we have so many other things going on in the backs of our heads uh like myself cake to think about so just a quick uh, go over of some of the things that some of the extras some of the details from episode 57 that you would know about if, if you're you, if you're on our patreon if you and if you would just you know come to visit um the length <laughs> i forgot what i subtitled this <laughs> said episode 57 or the story of Caitlin's wrongness <laughs> Shouts to our giant robo discussion, which I'm still salty about. If I had had time this week, there would have been a very thorough, <laughs> a, very, a very thorough taking taking of all your arguments for Guardians of the Galaxy and applying them to your dismissal of giant robo. But oh, anyway. I'm so glad you didn't have time. But anyway, uh, we have information about Ann Lister. If Caitlin's romantic lesbian sounded something that would intrigue you you want to learn more about her um it, it's an amazing story the graphic novel that we mentioned uh, about first nations people in canada was called the outside circle by patty labucane benson and kelly mellings i'd given i gave you a link to that as well I yes believe. yes we talked vaguely about how we had no idea how guardians even became a movie yeah and i went back and found when that was first mentioned by kevin feige at uh, san diego comic-con in 2010 Oh, man, that seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, a link to the anime music video I showed Caitlin in a last-ditch attempt to get her to love Giant Robo as much as I do. Nope. Details about uh, Tu Wong Fu and its uh, screenwriter, Douglas Carter Bean, who is very gay and writes about many gay issues and throughout his work. Good. And a correction that I boofed the name of that Korean sitcom. It was The Sound of Your Heart, Not the Shape of Your Heart. But these are the important details. All these details. If you were like, man... Geek Down be fucking up. Listen, we know. We know. And we've already addressed it. But we are not a, you know, scripted, produced show. We are... Doing the best we can, people. (laughs) 
And I think that gives us actually an edge because people like that. It humanizes us. Yeah. They like to know that we're like them, but not really because we're on the side of the microphones <laughs> and they don't have a show. <laughs> get, your, get your own show. <laughs> if these are the type of things you think you would like to find out, little added bonuses to your Geek Down experience, swing on over to patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Or if you really want to add to your Geek Down experience. Maybe you could... Uh, jingle, jingle. Jingle that tip jar. You could support us. For as little as five dollars a month lord the things i'd be putting up there i know this week jordan has been working exceptionally hard not only did you get the second portion of how to geek down which is just basically how we make this thing on a shoestring <laughs> very shoestring <laughs> on a shoestring dranky budget but hey the proof is in the pudding listen to the results does it sound all right i will show you how to do it yeah so As- if you did want to make your own po- podcast <laughs> Then, you know. If you're like, fuck you, Jordan and Caitlin, I'll show you. Have at it. We've left you the instructions. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, preview of this episode. You would already know what we were talking about. And you could have watched. Could have been up on it. Could have been reading the thing. Could have been watching the thing. Could have been better prepared for this discussion today. Yeah. Uh, and another thing that I put up there, which is really, I mean, like, I say people ask for it. Like, two people ask me for it. <laughs> but, like, I, I never need an excuse to make Spotify playlists. Uh, people were asking me since music is something I geek down about that I don't necessarily always get to geek down about on the show. The, uh, geek down playlist is now up on Spotify. There is a link to that on the Patreon feed. It is uh, hidden to the public. You can only get it. If you have the link, you can only get the link. If you were a $5 patron or higher and our other, I, I played it for Kate. She seemed to enjoy it. She seemed to listen. I don't want to big myself up too much. I won't be like, Jordan, you have the best musical taste of anybody in the world. I have pretty good taste. It's pretty good. Yeah. If you if you flip through that playlist, I, it, it's pretty Japanesey. But that's good. It's pretty Japanesey. Although I will say, like my killer, my killer app this week, mm-hmm. Crystal Bats. Actually, they they're really fantastic. Caitlin, what happened when I played you Crystal Bats? I dance like a Muppet. Yeah, that's what Caitlin does. You can dance like a Muppet too. Get on that Geek Down playlist. It's only up for a week. It's going to be totally different by the time you hear this episode. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll find out together. Anyway, all that and more can be yours if you support us on our patreon and even if you know none of that really floats your boat even a dollar subscription would be amazing any support whatsoever is amazing to any us. support is appreciated we actually have to thank somebody for the su- their support this week don't we caitlin yes we do uh friend and old colleague of ours <laughs> Sorry, my papers are all wrestling. <laughs> my papers. My, pa- my papers. Oh, God, I flipped to the wrong page. Oh, God. Gotta keep on going here. Never since I ripped them <laughs> when we started the show, I've, I'm a mess. Uh, we want to shout out Chris Kozak. Um, his Twitter is at Kozality. Um, thank you very much, Chris Kozak, for, for your support. We really appreciate it. Before he, uh, he offered his uh, support to the show, Chris Kozak was requesting a feature where I uh, recap... Radio dramas for memory. Yes. <laughs> you really enjoyed that segment a couple weeks ago. Well, you can tell him if he wants to make a uh, $10 donation per month, he can get that. <laughs> not, not, trying to un- not trying to undercut your support, Mr. Kozak, but special episodes are for are for 5 to $10 or higher. We're still working it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. One will be coming soon, I believe. I believe you're going to teach me how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I am. Is that what's going to happen? It's going to be amazing. So that's what patrons are going to get in the next couple weeks. Jordan learns D&D from Caitlin. Hopefully we will still be friends afterwards. <laughs> oh, we've been through the, the the giant robo fiasco of 2017. I think uh, I think we can. We'll yeah, still be friends. We might be all right. Yeah. 
So anyway, all that is out there for your enjoyment with more greatness to come. Ah, oh, chit chat. Do we have anything? Mm. What's up with your life, Kate? Um, I work all the time. <laughs> and then when I'm not working, I'm napping because I'm so uh, anxiety ridden that my body refuses to wake up. And that's what it does <laughs> when I get anxious. It, it puts me to sleep. But it's like, nope. It's like it tries to go into stasis until it's all over. And then will have me wake up. But instead, I have to wake up anyways because the world is a terrible place and uh, have to eventually get this work done. So, yeah, that's going on. So we've both been getting killed at work because it's, uh, it's end of fiscal at my job. You know what happens then? Try to try to tighten that fist a little bit. Yep. Try to try to save on things like labor. Yep. Which is uh, works great in theory unless the work triples from its seasonal average. Mm-hmm. And that's when we were this week, which is probably the reason why, despite my grandest efforts to have a weekend off this week, yeah, um, off Saturday and Sunday, and I knew we had to record today, which is Sunday, yesterday, Saturday, I was like, okay, I'm going to go home, I'm going to nap for the morning, I'm going to get up, and maybe later in the afternoon, but I'm going to get out, hit them, hit them shops. Maybe not to buy anything, but it's just, it's just a thing for me. I like to get out to the record shops Yeah. to at least uh, you know see what's out there. It's very cathartic for me. It's very contemplative. I might go see the Homehisa. Right. Specifically, for I, I have an overdue appointment to really dig into their bargain bins. Bargain bins are very important. Bargain bins are super important, especially to me. Um, also, because uh, I don't know if we discussed this fully last week, but uh, your man's found a Metro Pass on the street. Yes. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That can be life-changing. Oh, completely. It's <laughs> like, what? I can just go wherever the hell I want now, whenever I want? I'm Amazing. still mad. In 2009, I lost, <laughs> lost a Metro, pa- Metro Pass on December 6th. Oh, and I, still, I was going to say, I lost a December one too once. I still can't forgive myself for that. I mean... 2009, <laughs> and I still hang it on to I don't this. know when. I don't know when I dropped mine. Was I know where it was. It was at the Tim Hortons at Spadina and Bloor. Um, I just popped in. I had like just bought it even. Mm-hmm. Popped in for a coffee, walked out, went to use it to get into Spadina Station. Gone. <sighs> Turn back, go into the Tim Hortons, and do you think anybody in there is going to be? No, that no. fucker dropped to the ground and it got scooped. Um, Mine, I had just come to Ryerson to do an exam. That was it. I was just there to do an exam, and then I was going home. And after my exam... Which already left me like shaky and <laughs> wild eyed. I couldn't, I didn't have any money to get back on the subway. <laughs> and of course, I was a student, so I was extra poor, and it was just a bad, a bad time. No, yeah, so I found this one on the street, and you know, Catholic guilt will have me for half a second go look around and be like, is there anybody, did anybody lose this? Should I go into the Tim Hortons and. And ask if it, no, I'm not going to go. There's no signature on it. There's no way to know whose it was. If I'm like, did anybody lose a Metro Pass? Some Tibetan's going to be like, yeah, it mine. And Yeah, and maybe an angel left it for you. Maybe. Maybe this is the the karma for losing mine back in uh, at Spadina and Bloor. Either way, I've been super out and about. <laughs> and, you know, a little more. Loosened up the purse strings a little bit more because I ain't going to buy tokens for the rest of the month. And it's a 31-day month. And listen, friends, this is just... This is just the struggle. You take your take your victories where you can. It's true. So I was like, I'm going to go up to cops. I'm going to check there. I'll get some walking in because your man has been fat lately. <laughs> I was looking forward to getting some walking done too. And I knew it was going to be a little cold. Yeah. It was going to be a little cold. Yeah. And I woke up. I set my alarm for two. Woke up. 
heard from outside my window. That's a very good wind sound. And said, that sounds terrible. You know what? I might be good just here. Well, I I made a... Now what seems a very silly plan that before birthday brunch today... Yes. Um, senior correspondent and I would go... Maybe we'll go for a walk. Oh, God. We'll go for a nature walk. No, no, no. We'll get bundled. No, 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 And we'll no, go for no, maybe, no, 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 you know, no, 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 no. 30 minutes to an hour no, beforehand. no. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. He could barely get me up. <laughs> he was like, we gotta, we gotta go. I was like, no, five more minutes. So the point is, yeah, I woke up, <laughs> heard the wind, responded to a few text messages, and uh, fell back asleep and woke up at midnight. So there went Saturday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and then I kind of, you know, watched some Netflix till two and uh, kind of rolled around in bed for another few hours and got up at daybreak. They, um, That's what uh, shift work does to you. It does. And honestly, it's it's for the best. I didn't really need to go out and spend any money yesterday. And I might have. And let's be honest, there are some record sales coming up in the next few weeks. And you would have been cold. It would have been so cold. Um, so we've talked a little bit about how the weather is kind of unpredictable in this part of the country. It has been goddamn ridiculous the yeah. past two weeks. Because it, it, it got very, very warm. And now it's absolutely freezing. We can never tell what kind of clothing we need to... It was like it was like for the uh, for the metric people it was like twelve one day, uh, and for the yep. for the imperials it was like fifty. I don't know anything. Yeah, you don't know what that is. Know. Times two plus thirty one. Um, yeah, I'm never gonna remember that. <laughs> Wait, when you grew up on a border town, that's what you had to that's what you had to learn. Yeah. Well, my parents are always like, "It's this many degrees," and I'm like, "No, that's not in metric. You can't do that." They still speak imperial. Oh yeah. Why? Because that's how they grew up. Are they a hundred? No, my parents. <laughs> when did the are metric very... system come to Canada? It, well, it wasn't it, in school. They learned imperial. And did they? Yeah. It's because you're so close to America. The paper will—you'll see the paper, and it'll be in centigrade, and you have to be like, okay, but yeah, but what is that really? Because every every TV station, every radio station, is going to leave with Fahrenheit. This is this is just so compelling to the people. You know what this is going to be. I can Jordan? hear I can hear their wallets opening as we speak. This is this is going to be bread talk all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so so last week we ran really late. Like we we hadn't seen each other in a long time, and, and we were super chatty. And you probably thought last week was long. The raw file way longer, way longer, and so we were kind of talking about things that we could cut cut before I left, and then I left, and I get a message from Jordan was like, "Hey, maybe we could cut the ten minute conversation about bread." <laughs> um, so we're not going to talk about weather anymore. We're going to get into some news. Oh, uh, okay. Well, what do we got? I don't have much. Um, not tons. It's not super news heavy. Well, depending on what you think news is. <laughs> um, for me, uh, you actually mentioned it. Um, I know uh, there's been a lot of celebration about Buffy turning 20. Yes. It, I mean, that's exciting. It's not really that big of a deal. It's not like Buffy's been on the air for 20 years. <laughs> um, but when you mentioned, you know, were you a big Buffy fan? I was a massive Buffy fan. So much so that with a deal with my parents, it was the only show or the only time of the week I didn't have to eat dinner at the dinner table. Oh. And it was, this is a huge deal. It was, it was your Dukes of Hazard. It was, yeah, sure. It was a massive deal. Um, 
and I got to I got to sit and eat my dinner and I got to watch the episode and then I got to act out the episode of my bedroom oh and fight vampires obviously as you do when you're like 10 and Buffy's on um and it was I, I mean it was a big show for me for quite a while I didn't uh stay watching it all the way till the end but it was a huge deal for me because there was really nothing like it at that time um and I think it really has made a huge ripple effect. I mean, one of the biggest ripple effects in culture, it could be argued. And for that, I think it's very significant. And you also mentioned that there's a whole generation of people who've never watched Buffy. And that kind of blew my mind. Um, it's very possible. I even came to it late because I, uh, I was a movie first person. Like I also had seen the movie before the, the TV series. Yeah, so like the movie had come out, did not really set the world on fire no. by any stretch of the imagination. It's like, now it's a TV show. And I'm like, well, the movie wasn't that good. Why do I care about the TV show? Mm -hmm. I hear about all these people who loved it. And I did not, I only got to Buffy in like the last six, seven years or so. Right. Because um, uh, much more music yes. started showing it. I think at like five o'clock every day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And then on, but that wasn't what it was on Saturday, the whole morning, they would just show that week's episodes. Like mm -hmm. if they showed episode, you know, 73 to 82, that's what they would show on Saturday mornings. Right. And I think I came in, <laughs> spoilers for a 20 year old show. I came in with the later seasons. Right. I was just like, let me just watch this. And it was like Buffy's mom. Right. Like that's what I basically came in on. And I was like, oh, I was not expecting this from this show. Mm -hmm. And that's when it got super dark and... <laughs> everything and like the the three nerds and dark willow and all that mess and like that that's when i came in right so if anything i did myself a disservice because i don't think i could go back to the early episodes now yeah season one is hard to watch um somewhat because it is finding its groove and everything mm. but man season two Ooh. and i think i went i think the furthest back i managed to go was like season five what was the one with the military operation yeah that seems about right yeah um and then what killed me was I was super amped because mm -hmm. we were getting to the end. Yeah. And I was like, this Saturday, this Saturday, going to do it. And it was fucking like preempted or like they didn't show it on the Saturday. On the oh, Saturday. I would have been I was like, so like literally the last episode yeah. of Buffy. I was like, what? And I'm already in a terrible place because of Anya because Anya was best girl. <laughs> Anya was best girl. Come for me. And I'm just like waiting for this final battle type thing and the, the army of slayers and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, it's not going to be on. We're going to show like some, you know, marathon of, you know, Romy and Michelle go back to high school or whatever that movie was or something. Yeah. Anyway, this basically when I got on Netflix, the literal first thing I ever watched on Netflix was, Buffy? was the finale yeah. of Buffy. So, yeah, if you've never seen Buffy, you should just you should get back on that. Yeah, uh, it's it really... enjoy Joss Whedon with the with the uh, with the chains off. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just realize how ahead this show was for its time or that it was specifically at the right time. Um, it sort of intersected all these different things. Like, and you can, you know, sneer at some of the fashion choices or whatnot, but like the dialogue, the character development, all that, it still holds up after 20 years. Like, yeah, and it's it does. very rare that a show can say that. So yeah. salute to Joss, salute to Buffy, salute to Sarah Michelle, who still shouts out. And uh, salute to how old I am. <laughs> salute to elderliness. <laughs> um, also, kind of in the news are all the kind, kind of all the things that are coming out soonish. A lot yeah. of release dates dropping. Yeah, um, Handmaid's Tale is coming out April twenty sixth. American Gods is coming out April thirtieth. 
Um, and I just read a, a bit of an article that is talking about that the um, the ladies of American Gods will be getting a little bit more of a highlight um, in the show than they do in the books because the book is a little bit of a sausage party. <laughs> um, then uh, Preacher, June 19th, and Game of Thrones, July 16th. Busy summer. Yeah. Um, I know Game of Thrones is, is I don't watch it regularly. Um, As we know. I watch like clips on YouTube of cool things that happen. Um, but July. Sorry. For, for those who don't know, despite being a you know super fan of the books, uh, Caitlin tries to enjoy a rape-free environment so at most times so she gets a uh, she gets her bullet points yeah. we, we get the we get the jordan ruins game of thrones bullet points for her every week during the season uh, which is actually fantastic um because i just get this long text message through facebook about what's happened in this in this in the series that week um now july is a much later start date usually it starts in yes in the spring is that right yes I don't know why exactly. I don't think they're going longer this season. Um, I think it had to do with the... Because winter has come. I yes. think it actually had to do with winter shooting. They need, more, just, need more winter? Needed more winter. So I think that's that's that. Um, and something that's sort of... We've just started to be, to get um, preview reviews for Iron Fist. Yeah. So you, you've read it. I haven't. Um, it's not looking good. <laughs> It's not really that surprising. The, uh, yeah, the, so I guess, uh, screeners went out with no embargo for, uh, for the first six episodes of Iron Fist. No embargo means publications, blogs, websites are free to, uh, review them at their leisure. Right. They don't have to wait until a specific day to publish their reviews. So the reviews all hit this week and they, yeah, nah, so good. io9, I think even went as far as to say it was Marvel Netflix's first failure. Like, wow. Um, and we know, you know, Jordan does not think the Marvel Netflix shows have been perfect by any means, but, um, or some of the bullet points that were taken from these reviews that I read, um, it's way too like soapy in the beginning. It has a lot to do with like the Rand corporation and him like jockeying for his company back. Right. Type of thing. I'm um, sorry. I'm just picturing women in big hair and terrible <laughs> chiffon dresses. The Rand corporation and how just the total lack of, I guess, angle for lack of a better word. Like you can sum up the angle on every other Marvel Netflix show. Yeah. Like, so Daredevil, even if you just say Daredevil was mad violent, like more violent than I was expecting it to be. Dark and gritty. Daredevil is just like the archetypal, like dark and gritty show, tortured hero (laughs) with ninjas. Um, and still on about that ninja stuff <laughs> and like you know the action stuff so it's basically you're you're weighing iron fist against what it doesn't have that the other shows do yeah it's like iron fist doesn't have the action isn't as good as daredevil daredevil had some phenomenal fight scenes and action scenes like yes. that the, that was its calling card um jessica jones had you know sexiness people had sex oh my god and it was depicted on screen and there was swearing and there was also these Threads that were pulled about trauma survivors and yeah. things of that sort and, and sexual assault and, assault and, and all that sort of thing. And Luke Cage was a very black show and dealt a lot with the, you know, with the black experience and trying to do good and make yourself, you know, kind of like wire light to a lot of, to a certain extent, despite, you know, the power gloves that punch people through windows and things like that. But despite that, um, and Iron Fist doesn't have any of that. No. It's just like... Oh, I'm... That's not really surprising. I'm saying no like I've seen it, but I just kind of expected that. So when weighed against the other shows, it doesn't really have anything that 
distinguishes it. And I, I did not read this review, but stupid Matt told me he had read a bunch of them. And there's like, apparently a moment where, uh, so Colleen wing, the character of Colleen wing is getting trotted out as like, you know, the great hope for this show. It was like the one good thing from this show. Right. Um, cause she's like, you know, this, the backup martial artist, uh, super skilled on her own dojo. And I guess there's a scene where Danny Rand like mansplains how to punch. Great. To her. Can't wait for that. <laughs> no, no sugar. This is how you punch. <laughs> Comes up behind her hand on shoulder, you know, other hand. I don't know if that's exactly how this scene <laughs> plays out. If it does, I'm really sorry. Y'all. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they can't all be diamonds. They were due for, I listen, we know from day one, I've been like, why iron fist? Was anybody clamoring for this? Like, yeah, the people well, out there who were like, I need Iron Fist in my life. Well, what what it was is they wanted to make the de- defenders. Yeah, and they, and they had Luke Cage, and it's always yeah. Luke Cage and Iron, Iron Fist, Fist, right? Yeah. Um, but because I think Marvel has done sort of a, you know, they can't all be gems approach to making their TV shows. They've kind of done this spread of things, right? Um, they have another Fox show coming. Yeah, they got another X Men show coming. Yeah, okay. uh, uh, the working title possibly is Gifted. Yeah, and I was it's just based, reading about this. It's based off of Matt Nix's X Men series. It's running on Fox. There are a lot of new characters, um, and apparently they've ordered like a full show out of it. It's about a family who's on the run when the kids develop mutant abilities. Yeah, or yeah, they're trying to hide them. Um, the uh oh what were the things called the big robots sentinels sentinels apparently some sentinels will be in it but not as we have seen them before um it actually uh, speaking of true blood we were earlier <laughs> speaking of true blood um steven moyer is um is uh, the father in the show oh is he um i can't remember someone else i like him i'd like to see I'd like to see bill compton getting somewhere <laughs> it's okay it's okay uh, forever that's <laughs> just gonna be forever what he's gonna know can we find a way for him to say okay, okay. on his new show uh um yeah so and apparently there'll be quite a few uh mutants that we haven't seen before um yeah like unlike legion which i'm woefully behind on and i'm sure it's still wonderful but i haven't seen anything since that first episode uh legion doesn't seem to tie into the greater x-verse at all as of yet um i think i read like you know blank and husk or somebody like might show yeah. up like these really like sea level x-men might show up on this show so it is going to be more tightly connected yeah uh so yeah i'm i'm kind of excited for that because i love the x-men um they haven't done great things with the movies so maybe they're... well until recently well uh, i yes i have heard that logan neither of us have seen it yet i no. have heard some people stupid matt's not one of them stupid matt disputes this take okay i've heard it is better than the Dark Knight. Ooh, I've heard that if they tell me, if people tell me anything, it's a spoiler. They've <laughs> literally said, "Have honestly, I, I actually have my boss at work who is not a huge geek, but she knows I am. And she came up to me. She said, have you seen Logan yet? I went, no. She's like, I can't talk to you until you do. <laughs> and just walked away. I was like, okay, see you later. No, um, I'm, I mean, I've heard nothing, nothing bad about it, uh, except that it's super violent somebody said it was like ichi the killer level of violence hmm. um which i i don't think is accurate ichi the killer has people getting sliced in half lengthways right. um this i think has a lot of head stabbing but <laughs> the stupid matt did not think it was better than the dark knight um i don't know if i will think it's better than dark knight just because i like Batman I'm, better than i'm gonna do something here i didn't think the dark knight was that good okay after giant robo we don't have to have this discussion right now okay there's another discussion we need to have right now okay so we're just gonna table that 
possibly forever. Okay. Because I like you. Okay. And I want to keep liking you. And I want to keep doing this show. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> Both thumbs up. All right. Well, with that... I can I only think... take you being so wrong so often at a um, time. Or you just need to deal with the fact that maybe I have stronger insight than you do. I don't really think that's possible. <laughs> okay. And uh, with that, I think that leads us to the second part of the show. <laughs> get, get out while we're ahead. <laughs> we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, Caitlin and I will talk about the things we brought each other. And God willing, it will be a more pleasant experience than it was last week. I thought last week was great. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> What's up, Geeky Dees? Welcome back to the program. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I talk about the things we brought each other. That's right. But before we get into that... We have three rules. We do have three rules. Which aren't that many rules. Not that many. Though it took us forever to try and remember them. <laughs> remember what I told you about holding three things in our head? <laughs> More than three things? Three rules takes up easily 75 to 80% of Kate's brain capacity. Oh, Absolutely. So much so that I'm having trouble remembering that. Oh, I got it. Um, the rule of three. The rule of three. Which is the rule that we will read, watch, consume three of the things if it comes in parts. Um, so things like comic books, uh, television shows, radio dramas. We will at least consume three of them. Give the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be. Check out three of the installments it is dispersed in. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the thing we brought each other until we are sitting in front of the microphones. We have no idea. No idea. And uh, this can be difficult at times. Um, uh, this week wasn't so bad. That's fine. Yeah. Um, the final rule, which isn't really a rule at all, it's just a policy, is that, um, yar, there will be spoilers. This is a pro-spoiler podcast. So, um, the things we are bringing to the table are a couple years old. It's not a big deal, um, I don't think. But if you're the kind of person who does not like spoilers at all for anything, you need to hit the road. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> get some tea but i mean like listen if you were a uh, patron of five dollars or more like we said at the top you would have already, already known and you could have been like well i know they're only gonna get to like at most the first three parts well, i think we both went a little ahead this time but you'd at least have that much yeah and you could for once enjoy the back half of the show yeah just something to think about. You know who you are. Just something to think about. Anyways, so if you if you have not done that and and uh, are not interested in knowing anything about the things we're going to talk about, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. For everyone else. Hey, friends. Jordan. We like to alternate. Last week, we closed with the giant robo debacle. So this 2017. Week, this week, we're going to start with something that, goddammit, better be a little more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it is the... 2014 edition of the She-Hulk monthly comic. Who, you may be asking yourself, if you have a tertiary knowledge of the Marvel Universe, is She-Hulk? It is not just, just Hulk that's a girl. <laughs> not just Lady Hulk. 
She-Hulk is a fairly recent addition to the Marvel Universe in as much as she made her debut in 1980. My God, she's a she's a child. Comparatively, when most of these characters date back to the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Made her first appearance in the Savage She-Hulk, number one. She was savage back then. Savage. You could probably get away with doing a Savage She-Hulk now, but just having her be like really sarcastic and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, created by Stan Lee and John Buscema, two of the titans of Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. The gist on She-Hulk is as follows. Uh, her name is Jennifer Walters. She is Bruce Banner's cousin. And uh, she got shot a lot. <laughs> she got shot a lot. She got gangland crossfire. Is that I, what it was? I believe that's what it was. And she had a blood transfusion. She needed fusion. to get a blood transfusion. Yes. And the only person who matched her blood type was her cousin, Bruce Banner, who was more than happy to donate his blood. Whoopsie. Bruce Banner is the Incredible Hulk, which means his blood is irradiated with gamma energy. For a scientist... I feel like... Maybe Bruce Banner wouldn't have been able to foresee that. Maybe he didn't care. I don't know. I haven't read the first issue of Savage She-Hulk. Maybe he was like, this is a tough choice. I either save her or she could possibly Hulk out. Possibly Hulk out. Guess what? She did. Oh, yeah, she did. But in a much more relatively peaceful way compared. I don't know how this developed over the years, but basically, you know, Bruce Banner turns into Ra Hulk Smash. Yeah. Force of Destruction. Jennifer Walters turns into She-Hulk, apparently at will, I think. I don't know that it triggers from anything. Well, she decides eventually to stay basically half Hulk all the time. Yeah, she basically goes through her day-to-day as She-Hulk. And she's totally rational, has human intelligence, like does not go rar smash. She has the strength, not as much as Bruce. um, Well, of course not, because she's a lady. Come on now. That'd be ridiculous. we'll, We'll give you something. But not, not she, she tore the vision in half once. All right, like it's pretty cool. And the other hook for her is she is a lawyer, lady lawyer, practicing lawyer. There have been many spins on She Hulk over the years. She has been a member of the Fantastic Four. She's mm-hmm. been an Avenger. She's been all sorts. She she knows everybody in the Marvel the she's, Marvel U. She's been with the A listers, B listers, C listers. She's been all over the place, and has very strong fan affection she has a very diehard fan base uh including myself i'll put it out there i'm sure a lot of jordan's adolescent sexuality was awakened by john burns take on 1980s take on the sensational she hulk hey i can't say anything <laughs> and i won't something something about a big green lady <laughs> makes me feel safe <laughs> whatever floats your boat make me feel safe some people juggle geese <laughs> what does that <laughs> it means some people do things that you think are weird, but everyone kind of, you know, has their own wheelhouse, as you call it. <laughs> wheelhouse. Um, by the way, I had my performance review at work, and my knowledge yeah. of the origin of Scuttlebutt made for a very uh, <laughs> a very cool talking point, so thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Y'all can go back a couple episodes and uh, keep that one away for your own performance reviews. So yeah, John Byrne, who was a very you know legendary creator in the 80s, basically he did everything. He was one of the... The major creative forces in Marvel and DC Comics. Um, he just kind of had a thing for She-Hulk himself, kind mm-hmm. of. Maybe he had the same feelings for She-Hulk I did. I don't know. Maybe he just kind of like drawing her. We're not going to put ideas in his <laughs> head or words in his mouth. And he had this book basically because he wanted it, I think, called The Sensational She-Hulk. Which was very funny, very tongue-in-cheek, very meta. It was like 
she knew she kind of knew she was a fictional character in a comic book. Cool. And they broke the fourth wall a lot. A lot of books didn't really do that at the time. And she still kicks around every now and then. She was an Avenger. Like I said, she tore the vision in half during the whole Avengers disassembled thing. Even when, now, she'll sort of, I mean, besides her own titles, she'll show up in the background of things. Yes. Um, Dan Slott, who basically is like a guy who has owned Spider-Man for like the last five to ten years. Um, mm. He kind of started by doing a She-Hulk book. Um, and in 2014, basically this is the thing Marvel does now. They put out a book for like eh, 12 to 24 issues. Or X amount of trades. Right. Three or four trades worth of material. And they cancel it and put out a new number one. I feel like what would be a better idea is they should go... Not, not doing that. They should go the British route, right? They should have... Either they should stick with it, with something, long term. Or they should think, hey, you know what? We want to do a She-Hulk arc. Why don't we do this many titles or this many sort of books for this and it's a full arc and we don't Mm -hmm. go beyond that not just canceling it right um sometimes they do sometimes they do that intentionally it seems to be tied really to creative teams they tend to always kind of reboot a book when a creative team jumps off should be said this edition of she-hulk which started in 2014 only ran a year ran 12 issues and it was canceled Right. Uh, unexpectedly that actually makes me super sad it should be because man i reread this in prep for this week's episode and remembered how much i love this book um so this was a book that was written by charles i always go with the french assumed french pronunciation and call him Soule. Soule, <laughs> yeah. it could just be soul s-o-u-l-e or uh, soul he is the writer on this uh the artist primarily is a guy named javier Polito. there was a fill-in artist for a couple issues issues five and six uh named ron wemberley who I don't like as much, but that's just personal taste. Issues five and six, it starts looking like Aeon Flux for some reason. And I'm like, yee, it's a bit of a jump. Uh, Polito has a very flat, cartoony type of clean don't style. T- talk about things I'm going to talk about. Okay, I'm sorry. And basically what you have in this iteration of the She-Hulk is Marvel did this thing for a long time. And you may get more of these books going forward. Okay. I think the first one, I was talking to Stupid Matt about this, trying to get a, trying to position it. I guess maybe Mark Wade's take on Daredevil, which was also drawn by Javier Polito, was maybe the first, but not quite because it was still Mark Wade's take on Daredevil wanted to be lighter and return him to more of his like swashbuckling mm-hmm. happy roots instead of like, oh, everything is dark and gritty all the time. Right. Um, and he like moved him out to California for a while and that sort of thing. But it was still, you know, had like Frankenstein monsters and Hydra and things like that. Um, I say this really kind of started maybe with Matt Fraction's Hawkeye book. Right. Which was basically what you can call like the day off superhero books. Right. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye was basically to be like, what's Hawkeye doing when he's not with the Avengers? Right. Type of thing. So they're very small. You know, you're not fighting MODOK or anything. Mm-hmm. Like the, the threats are much smaller. And there have been other ones. Uh, Gillen and McKelvey, who did Wicked and Divine and Phonogram, they did a Young Avengers book that is very kind of similar as well, where the threats are smaller. Um, I think the closest thing currently might be the current Power Man and Iron Fist book. Um, and I would slot Sule and Polito's She-Hulk in there as well, where the focus is more on the lawyering. Which I'll talk about now. The reason, I just need to say why it focuses so much on the lawyering. Charles Sule is a lawyer. That's cool. He's a practicing lawyer. So that's why he really wanted to focus on that. Now, you don't want me to give any summary as to where we are in this book? No, we'll talk about it. All right, go. Yeah. 
All right. Hey, Kate, how'd you like it? Um, so I loved it. Um, I so you said something. I think it was a couple episodes now going back, which was oh no, maybe it was just last episode with Guardians of the Galaxy. It is the thing you are you're liking? <laughs> is it actually? well written like is it a good is, that, is it a good thing, thing or do you just want to hang out with these characters exactly but there's also the idea of you brought up um uh the comic book canadian um county essex, essex county. county um and you know is it we, we got a video these days <laughs> got a video of these one of these days friends so you can see what actually happens when she can't remember something <laughs> she just paws at me like a cat <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, yes. Essex County. Essex County. So uh, we talked about, you know, it, it's actually not that that good of a story, right? It's it's a great medium and some of the art is good. and but and Part of the larger thing that we may get into later on as well about like, you know, do comics get a pass for telling basic stories in a different medium? But this was really well written. Like, I laughed. And I it's hard to make me laugh. It's out loud. A really funny book. It's very funny. It's very well written. Um, the language used is is really well used with the pictures. Um, some of the full spreads that were drawn were amazing. Um, there's one where uh, She Hulk is going to see the uh, Tony Stark's lawyer. Right. And um, that that spread is a mate. That was so well done. Um, they've done really interesting things with panels. I really loved it. I just got to where Ron Wimberly t- sort of took over. Yeah. And that was extremely jarring. It's real jarring. Um, Not that he's a bad artist, but it's, it's just, just a, such a switch. Yeah, it's such a switch. And I think one of the things I loved was the balance of the Polito art and the Sule writing mm. um, because it was cartoony um, and it had a very... Uh, interesting look to it it was like it wasn't it wasn't being drawn to look real right does that make any sense like yeah, it no was... it's drawn in a cartoony there, there are no aspirations of like realism in Polito's work yeah um i, I really love that um so yeah it it was very interesting the story which is about basically her um quitting slash getting fired um from a major uh, what are they called? Not companies. <laughs> firm. Firms. She's been she's been let go. Right, yeah, quit slash fired because the firm she's working for is very high powered, and they she goes into her review with not thinking it's going to be a big deal because she's done such an amazing job. <laughs> she, she should have talked about scuttlebutt in her review. Yeah. Um, and come to find out, her she's not getting a bonus because her employers thought she would uh, leverage her connections to the superhero community more than she has yeah and meanwhile, which is zero because she refuses to do that yeah um she as she says these connections are sacred to me um i wouldn't just use these people i know and she's a really good lawyer and she's won a ton of cases and she's worked really hard and put in a ridiculous number of hours um and then ends up getting a case that deals has to deal with tony stark and patent and possibly patent fraud and um and should be said all this happens in one issue like it's really it's which you don't always get and is really hard to do this is like when you nail a pilot like 
Oh, yeah. Like, you had one issue. I was immediately like, I'm really into this story. I absolutely want to know what happens. This is super interesting. Yeah, like, this case solves itself. It's basically about a woman whose husband died. He was may have been had ties to some sort of supervillainy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, going by memory. Um, nobody will really take her case. Because they're scared of uh, Tony Stark's lawyer. Yes. <laughs> who's just called legal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am legal. And basically what happens is, you know, as she says, and I'm sure this comes from, you know, Soleil's own lawyering experience, you know, 90% of lawyering is just conversations. Yeah. She's like, I know Tony. I'll just go and I'll talk to him. We'll get this like straightened out. But of course it's not as easy as that, but I don't want to give too much away. (laughs) Um, It's not as easy as that. And sometimes uh, when people automate their lives too much. Yeah. (laughs) Problems arise. Um, And, you know, the outcome is good. And because of the good outcome, um, she gets quite a bit of money. And decides to open her own law firm. Starts her own law firm. And it deals with her struggles there to uh, build a client base. Um, because she's kind of been blackballed by her previous employers. Which is, you know, awful. And But also gives us the addition of Angie and Hey Hey. <laughs> um, Angie is amazing. Um, you get the sense that she is a either a mutant or something else with uh, powers of suggestion. And her monkey, hey, hey, is awesome. Her capuchin monkey. <laughs> Which she takes every... She's like, no, there's no... What does she say? There's no, like... Uh, there's no deal to be made here. Like, <laughs> the monkey goes everywhere like, with no, me. No, hey, hey, stays. Hey, hey, absolutely stays. Um, so, yeah. And they, again, do interesting things in that in the whole process of the comic book of dropping little bits of, like, mutants and... And past mutants and... This is a book that plays with the deep bench. Yes. Of the Marvel Universe, which is always something I enjoy. Like, who's her investigator? Patsy Walker. Yeah. Comma, Hellcat. Hellcat. Um, I called her Wildcat. Hellcat. Wildcat is a team of cheerleaders, I think, from something. (laughs) Oh, no, it's the basketball team from uh, High School Musical. Um, Hellcat and... So if you got up to... Five. I just got in a little bit into five. So, so I got to the part where... What's the second arc? Uh, she stumbles upon that... She's talking the with blue the, file? the blue file. Right. So blue Which is file, the overarching kind of thread of yes. the series. Um, and this the blue file is basically... I got to the part where she discovers a file that was sort of misfiled and has her as a, in a defendant of a case she can't figure out. She's not been asked to be a defendant she is not doesn't know anything about this case case never progressed but her and a other assorted villains slash heroes or just villains slash heroes i think have been named in a in a civil suit i believe but nothing nobody was ever subpoenaed nothing ever happened and she can't there's no trace of it yes so she's she's decided that this is basically one of the first well second cases she take. the first case was dealing with victor von doom's son right <laughs> that's what the first arc which was. there was a great scene where i can't even remember, i just read i can't remember his name we'll just call him it's christoph something is it yeah christoph I think so. uh, puts his hand on her shoulder and says jennifer and she just the panel she's looking at it going Miss, uh, Miss Walters. Miss Wal- is it Walters? Yes. Walter. Miss Walters is fine. And just that, just that is fantastic writing artistry. I just love little bits like that. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime, I don't think it's disrespect for the character of Dr. Doom, but anytime somebody like really works with the like absurdity of Dr. Doom, 
I really enjoy. Um, oh, oh. So basically, he's applying for amnesty. He wants to, he wants to like defect basically to America because his father won't give him any control over his own life. And which is such a spoiled like. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's a horrible thing because also his father is. He, is he wants doomed, to choose but, it basically. He yeah. doesn't want to be his father's proxy, but it's the moment where like. Everything just kind of sorts itself with any without any huge smash and, and bash type of thing. And she says, "He's like, uh, okay, come on." Basically, she's there's this giant robot, and and he's like, "Okay, come on," because the robot's letting them leave, and she's standing there. She's like, "But I kind of wanted to destroy the big doom." Do bot. not destroy the big doom. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Okay." The um, robot is like, "Do not, dis- you will not destroy the big doom." It's just. <laughs> It's ridiculous. The way Doom, like, Doom referring to himself in the third person is always my favorite Doctor Doom because yeah. it's so ludicrous. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there are so many fun scenes and great writing and um, really interesting panels. And that's really what, you know, the height of the, what is um, art in comic books is the use of 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 the panels again no i mean wimberly i'm sure he he does interesting things with angle so far from what i can see yeah that's what i remember that's why i say it was like aeon flux because it's like that's why i think facially he kind of the faces kind of look in that style as well but just yeah the way he plays with kind of there's also there's also like an impressionist thing going on with his artwork which it also is great but i think the the polito style works so much better with the writing covers Um, are great on this book too. and that was the other i had another variant covers are great um every single one of them is fantastic that i've seen there's nothing that's like uber slutty let's just put it out there there's nothing that's like grossly revealing or weird sometimes you'll get a weird like you know, people get called out for it. Weird over-sexualization of a character. And she doesn't, you know, sleep with somebody for no reason. She doesn't sleep with anybody in the 12 issues, I don't think. Um, so the one line, it's in the first issue, where she's basically telling Tony, like, this is how it's going to be. And yeah. This is how you're going to do. And you're going to write a very sizable check to this woman, and it's all going to be fine. And uh, we're going to be done here. And he's like, you are amazing. <laughs> magnificent. A magnificent. He's like, you are truly magnificent. And she's like, not in the mood, Tony, but you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, best line. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a super fun, chill, for lack of a better term, book. You don't need to be steeped in 60 years of... Marvel history. You don't need to know everything that's been going on in the Marvel U at that point to no. situate yourself in You don't it. even need to know anything. I mean, they make uh, one mention about the the day of... M-Day. The M-Day. Day. Yeah, that's M-Day. Right. That, that is about it. That, that may be that one thing that you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. If you don't know about it, right? Did you wonder what that was or did you know? I, I knew. Okay. But um, I actually didn't know from comics. I knew from looking stuff up on Wikipedia one time. <laughs> and there was like this giant <laughs> article in about a wiki it. Hole? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, that's the only mention of something. And you can kind of extrapolate from what the person's talking about. You don't even really need to look it up. So, yeah, it's a super... I would almost say starter comic for someone who's interested in the Marvel Universe and possibly getting into it. Yeah, um, and you get a lot of get appearances from... Things like Spider-Man and Daredevil. Um, so... Yep, and uh, uh, I'll give you some teasers. Ooh. I assume you're going to stick with, for, gonna, the, for the full well, 12. I did buy it, so... That's true. Um, you get a, you get a, get a Hank Pym shrink-related nice. story. Um, <laughs> and all the... All that that entails. Um, you get 
Walters for the defense and Murdoch for the prosecution. Oh, see, they talk about that. They're like, how have we never they, been across from each other? They, they do with Captain America <gasps> at the at the center of it. Oh, my God. And yes, you get the resolution on the blue file and that kind of rounds out the uh, the the arc. Um, yeah, so tragically, it did get canceled after 12 issues. Um, I ended up finding a long blog post that Sule wrote at the time of the time the cancellation was announced. Made it sound like he kind of saw it coming, but he was also super touched by the amount of fan love the book had been getting. Um, and yeah, I think you're totally right. It's definitely a, definitely, if you've ever wanted to like read a comic, this mm-hmm. you'd be hard pressed to find one that's easier to get into, nicer to look at, or just overall funny. It's not like, there are never like any super like touching heart stringy moments. It's a real mm-hmm. light, yeah. it's, a, it's a good hang. It's a good hang. Um, the only thing that made me sad was that there are no women who have worked on this title whatsoever. Welcome which, to comics. Yeah, uh, which always makes me a little bit sad. But overall, I would say it's an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Kick punches. Well, you can get all of that in two trades. Uh, there are two paperback editions you can get, or it is online. Listen, if you've never been out there into the world of digital comics, it will change your life. Yeah. I believe Marvel even has its own like Netflix of comics where you basically give them like seven bucks a month or something. And you can read all the comics you can possibly handle. Um, the only thing I would say is too bad is that some of the full page spreads, because if you read on your tablet, it doesn't like yeah, side. split them. Yeah. Um, so I, wa- I read some of this on my computer so I could just see the full oh, so page. Could widen out like that? Yeah. Um, and it was fantastic. Well, there you go. That is out there. Oh, I'm happy we're... I'm happy we're back <laughs> to liking things. Yes. You're the one who's always like, oh, it's fun when we hate each other's things. <laughs> People love it. People love that more. And I also <laughs> listen, we we know that I was uh, worried about not having enough for you. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm running out of stuff. And hey, I'll I'll give credit to his dumb ass where it's due. Stupid Matt was like, she wants more. She said she want more comics. Give her this. Give her this. Give her this. He's like rattled off all the things that. <laughs> We had talked about that I read and, yeah. and enjoyed. He was like, give her this, give her, give her that. Um, so when, when you get like, you know, con- nothing but comics for the next month. I'm happy with that. Shouts to super, stupid Matt. Um, or awesome Matt. <laughs> never. <laughs> I don't care how many black and white photos I take of you, Matt. You'll never be awesome Matt. <laughs> I think you're awesome Matt. Um, all right. And moving on. Moving on. So I'm going to turn these pages really loudly because I can't help it. That's what we do. So this is one of those weeks where we did not uh, try even to match up or things didn't match up on their own. No. We are on very different sides of the spectrum Switching here. Switching gears entirely. Um, I, this week, gave gave Jordan... <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> no, I was thinking about all the words afterwards. See? Remember? <laughs> Three things in my head. Gave Jordan um, some British television, which is the thing I do. <laughs> In this attempt to find things that he will like. I have not found British comedy that he likes so no, far. No, definitely better batting average with drama. With, but drama seems to be better. So I've started him, started him out on something for this year with something that I thought, eh, he might like. Is this the first British thing of the year? I think so. Oh my God. I think so. Um, before I get into some horrible, awful co- comedic venture. Oh, God. Um, oh no, sorry. Technically, CAD file was British. Oh, yes. But, you know, that's the, this is, you know, visual. So nice to that. And, and you can probably follow it a little bit better. <laughs> um, what I did give him was uh, The Hour. 
which is a 2011 BBC series. It's a pure period drama set in the 1950s, um, specifically 1956, which of course that means I loved it because it was a period drama. Um, it was created by um, Abby Morgan. Uh, she's also known for things like The Iron Lady, Shame, and Suffragette. So a lot of white British people doing things. Yeah. Um, the story is centered around a new current affair show being launched by the BBC. It's set right at the time of the um, Hungarian Revolution and Suez Crisis, which does come up in the show quite a bit. Um, so it's fun if you're interested in history. Um, it's also fun just to be like, what was going on in 1956? Yeah, I'm slowly piecing together my 20th century Britain. <laughs> Remember how that was like how the crown ended right before this stuff? And yeah. I was like, what is going on? Who was Colonel Nasser? Why do I care? Hey, here comes the hour to explain it all to me. <laughs> yeah. So if you you got got out of the crown and was like, I want to know so many more things. Here you go. <laughs> how did how did Anthony Eden ever end up as a prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Not good. Um, It stars uh, Ben Wishaw and Romola Garrow, I think. I actually don't know how to say her last Sorry, name. Sorry, Romola. Um, as uh, Ben plays Freddie Lyon and Romola plays Bell uh, Rowley. Um, hey, hey d don't don't bury the lead here. And Dominic West, ya boy, as uh, as the cute face. Ya boy, Jimmy McNulty, as the cute face. Yeah. So, and those are. I mean, there's tons of other people who come up who you've seen from other British things, but those are the three leads I would say, um, and make the biggest impact. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, a lot of it has to do with um, Bell sort of going, the, getting this promotion, and Freddie not feeling. I don't know. From what I remember, being he's, an asshole. Just say being an asshole. Being an asshole. He was. Did he feel betrayed? I can't remember. He felt some kind of. He like, thought he was going to get it. Yeah, and and you know, there's so there's tension there. They're they're best friends, and there's sort of a little bit of tension there. She picks, you know, who she wants for things, and there's some disagreements. And the BBC is starting a more in depth news current affairs program. Previously, it had been like newsreels. Yes, and now the hour is this sort of they talk about these things more. And, analysis think of 60 minutes yeah and and it sort of was uh as we know bbc sort of like was ahead of the crowd as far as news went right like they would really create the pace of news so it was important that they get this right and there's lots of pressures that way as well um and lots of pressures from outside influencers on what the show does how it does it yes um because it was the first one to try it so yeah and very much like talks about the the fifth estate i would say um so anyways yeah that's that's i think all we really the audience needs to know <laughs> jordan how'd you like it all right so let's 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 get into this from a few different angles here um for the first time ever i think this was something that i had already seen yeah you mentioned that i had watched the first episode because i had heard about the hour when it debuted on another podcast and it was positioning it kind of like Hey, if you uh, miss Mad Men, watch The Hour. Mm. Not really. Um, more so if you want something where, you know, people wear suits all the time and smoke incessantly <laughs> and that sort of thing. I guess it's kind of close. And wear really good lipstick. Um, you know, watch this show. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll check that out. And what happened when I watched that first episode? What happens when I watch a lot of British stuff? Fuck you, Ben Wisha. I am so over the British dipshit. Every show has one. Not 
every show. Many shows have one. With I the think- dude who's too clever by half and he's a snot and he knows everything and just, you know, it's constantly an asshole to the people who defend him and have his back all the time. Like that poor woman. Um, and the amount of nonsense she has to deal with. This is my actually my actually my problem with um, Sherlock, the like the television show. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that's Cumberbatch. Yeah, well, yes, Sherlock Holmes is a difficult literary character. Like he's just a difficult character, but they just take that to like the extreme, and he's the worst and should have no friends. Yeah, same with this. Same with Ben Wisher, Freddy, as he's called. She's trying to tell, Belle is her name. She's trying to tell, and they clearly have been friends for a very long time. Yes. Possibly he made a play for her once, or there's like, you know, the the air of unfulfilled romantic promise kind of swirls around them. Mm-hmm. And he just won't shut the fuck up. Like, she's trying to tell him, like, you're getting called up for this interview about this new show we're starting. It's not for the producer job. They already gave the producer job to me. If you would shut up for two fucking minutes. Yeah. You would know this and save yourself the embarrassment, but he doesn't. And he goes in and he embarrasses himself. Right. And basically comes out and yells at her. Cause that's what the British dipshit does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm sick of that. That said, Oh, and I also remember thinking from watching that first episode that the show was enough. There's this murder mystery thing that gets thrown in there. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, I don't care about this. I care about the show. The I'll, show is enough. I always, I always love I, when they throw murder mysteries. You want things. murder and everything. Where yeah. I'm like, that, you know, and me, former journalist, having worked for papers and stuff, is like, that's what I'm interested in. Show me that. Show me like the the ethical dilemmas from doing stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's what I'm, the creation of the show is what I'm interested in. I don't care if Ruth fucking hang herself or Freddie Lyons Junior Detective. Like I don't care about any of that. Um, now that said, the first episode did not really hooked me at all it was fine but it didn't really hook me yeah and then caitlin comes back and says you're gonna watch this so now i have to watch the first three sorry i got really excited so now i have to watch the first thing so i do and they're getting better but what ends up happening is uh so it ran six episodes on the first series yep when your man sleeps his saturday away yeah and wakes up at two in the morning Uh uh-huh you don't want to sleep a full 17 hours in a day. No, probably not. So you pop open your iPad and you get the headphones and you watch some Netflix and you end up watching all of the hour. So I have seen how the season has played out. Right. And was definitely more interested as it got went forward. But I'm going to tell you, if I just watched the first three, the rating would probably be lower than when I'm actually going to end up getting it. Okay. Having seen it resolved. Because Freddie gets marginally more bearable. The production of the show moves a little more to the forefront. As the Suez crisis, as military action in the it's a spoiler for, you know, 70 year old historical events, <laughs> real life historical events, uh, as, you know, Britain in, began engaging in military action. Yeah. Um, this notion of that, like, there was a commentary ban that, like, the media couldn't, or at least the BBC, maybe because they're funded by the government as well, I don't know, could not dissent. Yeah. Against the government for like 15 days after an event or something. Mm -hmm. So they have a weekly show to put on and they're trying to figure out, how do we say this is bullshit and represent, you know, the views of the people or prevent both sides of a balanced issue. Right. While not having the government come and slap us with treason. Because there's always this, you know, mouse face guy who's always Adrian. Yeah. (laughs) This mouse face fucker who's always wandering around (laughs) yipping at people and making threatening comments and whatnot. Um, 
So that's basically what the show ends with, what the first series ends with, is them putting together the final episode, you know, this episode during a week where, like, you know, there's been a revolution in Hungary and and the Suez Canal stuff is going nuts and they're trying to comment without commenting. Yes. They're running... Commenting without judging. They're running footage of, you know, Americans yes. talking about, yeah, we don't really agree with that. We wouldn't have done that, blah, 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 you know common voter on the street because it's also set during the time of eisenhower's re-election you know if eisenhower had done that i wouldn't i wouldn't have voted for him right or then they show they're just they're literally there showing a riot or like a protest against this they the show themselves is not commenting on it they are just showing stuff the way they got around all of that i found much more interesting than whatever the mi6 <laughs> freddie hector bell stuff whatever why do we need that why don't we need the love stuff? And we need to see McNulty's ass, I guess. It's probably contractually. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely And then we always got to see McNulty's ass in any show he's in. Yeah. But that was my big, not frustrating, because it didn't frustrate me ultimately. And there is a second series. I will probably get to it um, at some point. Mm-hmm. Because it did improve as it went along. It just got kind of pulpy at times, and I didn't know that it needed that. But that's because I'm a big media nerd. and Big media nerd. Not nerdy enough to watch something like The Newsroom. I don't need to watch. The Newsroom was... Did you watch that? Yeah. I never did. I watched The Newsroom. I don't need to watch Aaron Sorkin, you know, use Olivia Munn as a mouthpiece for (laughs) why the internet is bad. It it, It was a very interesting... It could have been so good. It's general. The general takeaway I got from most people who saw it. I didn't need any, like violas in the background making like <laughs> swelling music That's it's like cool. anytime somebody on facebook shows that clip of jeff daniels from the first episode right and it's like yeah, yeah. but y'all know the show was garbage right <laughs> we used to make things in this country yeah yeah but did you, you know you didn't make a good show <laughs> but up um so yeah i do love you know i we know I don't see movies. I made an effort to see spotlight like that's <laughs> wow like, i love stories about journalists and yeah. shit so when I hear that this is a story about the first current affairs hour long program and you know the fights they had to get to get that show made, that's super interesting to me. And I just remember going in that first episode, like, what? There's a dead blonde girl and the like, the Fifth Estate. That show was that Canadian? Yes. Talking about the show, the Fifth Estate. Oh no, maybe I'm thinking of something. W five. Like what are you? I I was I there. I have a show in my memory about a news room but I, <laughs> that is not the newsroom that is not the newsroom no it's much older than that but mm. i cannot remember for the life of me what it's called if you know what i'm talking about please let me know <laughs> or, on our, or check on the Facebook. show check the show notes if i find it yeah <laughs> i'll put it out there uh no the fifth estate is an actual oh that's right they, they program they investigate things yes right or like w5 or any of these other you know or 60 minutes is another one of the oh i guess they don't they're more in-depth reporting but mm-hmm. they don't investigate 60 Minutes doesn't investigate a whole lot anymore. They just do, like, long-form interviews and that sort of thing. I mean, the closest thing you probably got these days is John Oliver. Yeah. John Oliver will devote 20 minutes to all aspects of an issue with many humorous hashtags and tongue planted firmly in cheek. But, I mean, he devotes the time, which is what these older shows would do. Um, Yeah, it's super white, as said. There's, there's, one, there's one outing to a uh, like a Brazilian bar, yeah, a samba bar, and one one black person who has two scenes. Great, he's in two episodes, so woo, Great Britain. But it doesn't completely 
you know, my issue with the crown was like, I cannot care about the problems of rich white people. Yes. <laughs> I'm not getting invested in this. It did not have, you know, the jump was not that high. Um, as in, as in something like the crown, you know, I did empathize with, you know, and old people with dementia make me very sad. Yeah. So Freddie's dad made me, <laughs> Freddie's dad made me very sad. And yeah, it does. It's, there are some things I could have done without, but nothing there was enough to like ruin the experience of watching the show. But I do think it comes together as a thing better in the back half. The front half I thought was not as interesting as the back half. So if I just watched the first three, it would be like a six and a half. Okay. Um, and it's like a seven and a half with the back half. Cool. So that is the hour that is sitting on your Netflixes. It is uh, total in total twelve episodes. Um, I do not. Did you see all of it? Did you see the second? I season? did, but it was a long time ago. Long time ago. Can you at least say if you enjoyed it or not? Or I was did, it- but I enjoyed it more than you did. Um, and this was before. Um, we talk a lot about like premium television. Hmm. This was before a lot of that. Like it just sort of started. Um, so. Yeah, you said 2011, so yeah, that's about it's about when it was just starting to ramp up. I yeah. Think. So this was one of those first shows that was really like the the clothing, the scenery was almost like decadent. Like it's mm. very rich with all that stuff. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, I though I don't know her name. I really like uh, Ramola Caro. I think Garo? her name her, her name is Bell something. I don't remember yes, uh, Bell Rowley. Bell Rowley. Um. I really like that actress. Um, and, you know, Ben Wishaw is fine. Um, but I really liked her and, and uh, I liked watching her in the, in the series. So I, those are, that, that stands out a lot for me. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would like to see it play more like because I'm a big media nerd. I'm just watching that last episode being like, you, you couldn't comment on things? Like- actually, actually, to be honest, I do remember um, really liking the stuff about producing the show, the issues they had, all these people trying to tell them what to do and how to do it. Mm. Um, I also liked the mystery, but it definitely could have been two different things. Yeah. It could have been two different things, right? Like, Yeah, the show was trying to do a lot and appeal to a bunch of different audiences at the same time. Not always successfully, I thought. Um, I really liked State of Play because it, it sort of blended a whole bunch of stuff. What is that? Um, it is a British drama um they I think they turned it into a american version um but basically it's about sort of these this conspiracy and newspaper writing or journalism and it was really really interesting for that reason mm-hmm. um it talks about not just about the newsroom but all the other different players around it um so yeah it was it was very interesting and uh i might give it to you if you haven't seen it i haven't so then look for that maybe in the future. <laughs> we'll get that soon. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was a much more relaxed relaxed go around this week. It was not as tense. No, it was not. Maybe your opinions are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um updates. Do we have any? I do have an update, which I totally forgot to mention last time. And it is huge. <laughs> yeah, we know you're watching Keep Space Nine, Caitlin. No. I'm not. What? I am done. We're done. Oh my god! <laughs> and I don't have to listen about you, Space Nine anymore. Yeah, you do. You, right now, you have to listen about how much I cried the Ugh. last like five, six, seven, ep- ten. Okay, entire season. I just cried oh, the Jesus last Christ. entire season. It just 
crying didn't stop that um i'm really looking forward to the documentary so you're gonna have to hear all about that when it comes out and every podcast i'll probably be like or every episode i'll probably be like hey people should watch deep space nine yeah, that's just like deep space nine yeah did, did he did he emissary at the end uh, yeah he did did he he actually okay so did he save bajor yes so why was bait no i don't want to know i don't want to know. <laughs> see you're getting pulled in um i do have to uh shout him out though i always forget the actor's name but the avery brooks avery brooks yeah there it's we go goddamn treasure he played uh, hawk on spencer for hire yes oh now apparently he's insane but anyway is he yeah but there's been some interview with him or you know when they do the captains yeah and they did some interview and he's just, those never turn out well Ooh, ooh. <laughs> those never turn out um well. But they had written in, okay, so if you haven't seen Deep Space Nine, or you might in the future, just leave. We'll see you next time. Bye. So shout out to Avery Books, because in the script, it had him basically being like beamed away by the the gods, basically, uh-huh. they're, they're, they're gods. And... Is he the Highlander? Well, no. And uh, he his his girlfriend in or his wife i guess in the show uh-huh. um she's pregnant and he's like what so another black guy is just leaving his wife pregnant <laughs> um and they were like okay we'll change it so he gets beamed up but he says you know i don't know if it's going to be like a couple days or a year but i will be back um it's <laughs> going out for a pack of space smoke sweetie yeah and then in in um the what do they call it when something is oh canon in beta canon uh, so in the books in he, the books he comes back the the day of his daughter's birth i had to look it up because i cried a lot and i needed a happy ending <laughs> you just dove into all the ds9 lore you no, could find I, well yeah i wikipedia that shit super fast so so where's it rank do you say nine yes Ooh. what's really hard about it is that so many of the episodes perfectly aligned with issues of today just by accident uh-huh. as i was watching it it was just like oh we're dealing with that issue today um and this is you know from the 90s is really interesting it's it's got to be like a nine eight or nine now it, i mean in the in the pantheon of, oh, of star trek see, this is a problem is it your favorite it, star trek mm, no it's not <laughs> okay um my favorite captain is still janeway mm-hmm. but Picard and Avery Brooks or Picard and and Cisco are like neck and neck, neck and neck. So you're ranked by captains, not overall. Um, by series, it's very difficult because like, DC Nine starts out really badly. Yeah, it does. it's so bad. But by like the end, like they, they all start bad. Let's be fair. True, but like specifically, DC Voyager 9. wasn't exactly a barn burner when it started. Out. And and Voyager, you know, it's. It's unfortunately a series that I think lost its direction. Um, I think it could have been a lot better. I didn't think... Like, the cast was much better on DS9. Mm. Um, Voyager did some things that were interesting. But I think, series-wise, it's probably TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Voyager. Um, original series, I totally put in a different category. Yeah, no, it should be somewhere else. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping that Discovery will bump them all out of the water. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed, but we'll see. We shall see. Yeah. Updates for me. Uh, finish that ridiculous Korean sitcom. So many fart jokes. Uh, that's so many fart right. jokes. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> Koreans love fart jokes. The anime season. Really, I'm just 
terrible how little I'm watching, but I don't really care. I've been trying to find like an old show lately. Like I want to find an old show, like, right. a, like, like the eighties. So mm-hmm. if you got suggestions out there, I've been dipping into dipping into Ranma one half. I'm just shrugging here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the the woman who did Inuyasha, Rumiko Takahashi, mm. goddess of manga. Mm. <laughs> she had a bunch of shows in the eighties or works that were adapted into shows in the eighties. Ranma one half, where the guy, the martial artist, turns into a girl if water gets thrown on him. His dad turns into a panda. <sighs> There's another dude who turns into a tiny pig if he gets water thrown on him. Is the show over yet? No. <laughs> press press your luck. <laughs> press your luck, Deep Space Nine. You'll be getting nothing but 1980s anime. Um, I believe I may have settled on Amazon Ikoku, which is a rom-com uh, based on one of her manga that mercifully only ran for 96 episodes. Only. What the fuck was going on with her shit? Like, listen, I have someone who I care about deeply who keeps trying to get me to watch Inuyasha. I checked a filler guide for Inuyasha and it was like, yeah, you can get by just watching like 160 episodes. 160 episodes. I don't have much of one, but I do have a life to live. Like, <laughs> I do not have time for that. I have resolved myself long ago to the fact that there are some, there's some shit I'm just not living. One Piece, it ain't happening. Yeah. Gintama, I tried the first few episodes. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this still has 600 episodes. What the fuck am I going to do with this? Um... But yes, I may be settling on Maison Ikoku. I may check out Kimaguri, Kimaguri Orange Road, which is also apparently one of the great 80s rom-coms. And if it's like 50 episodes, it's getting, you're getting replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, I always keep Caitlin appraised of cute things. what's happening with Kana that week. It was the track and field day. <laughs> so much cuteness. So much cuteness. It's just when Kana finds out about something that she didn't know existed and goes, oh. <laughs> she, uh. She really wanted Kobayashi to go to her track and field day, but it was crunch time at work and Kobayashi didn't know if she was going to be able to make it because Kobayashi never really cared about, she didn't know if it was important. Like she didn't, her parents never went to that stuff and it didn't bother her. So she doesn't like, they've been playing this lately in the back half of the show where like Kobayashi was never wanted by anyone. Right. Like nobody ever wanted anything from her. Nobody ever cared enough about her to want her to be at things. So she doesn't know how to do that. Right. Which puts a little, you know, heavier emotional resonance on a show that also has, you know, stupid boob jokes in it left and right. Mm-hmm. So they played into that and like just Kana's reaction when Kana on the low, you did get to see Kana's dragon form again, which yes, was nice. That's cool. um, she went to watch Kobayashi at work and saw how hard she was working and came back later and said, Kobayashi. <laughs> so stuff she says it and I love it. You know, you don't have to go. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And then when she does go, when she does say she can go, Kana's reaction is like, <laughs> anyway, it's still stupid as hell show, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's comf. It's, it's crossed over to comf. Um, and the last unexpected update was, man, we don't talk about games very much on this show. No, we don't. We will recall Caitlin once gave me Tales of the Borderlands way back when, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed just the tone and the voice of that. And Caitlin uh, was nice enough to loan me her copy of the first Borderlands game. Which I thoroughly enjoyed, despite my ineptitude at it. <laughs> Spraying bullets. And it occurred to me to uh, double check what the uh, what the free game for March on Xbox Live was yeah. this month. Borderlands 2. What, what? Cop that for $0. The $30 a year or whatever I paid for Xbox Live. Yeah. Um, so I downloaded that, and that's probably going to eat up more of my life than I would like. <laughs> so I love nothing more than settling in to a fun-ass video game, and that's already... I believe I said at the time that I did not find the first Borderlands had the same level of humor. The tone was not as witty as Tales from the Borderlands was. Um, 
Borderlands 2 does not have that problem. Oh, that's good. It is way funnier, even in the first, like, ten minutes. That's great, because I just want um, them to make, like, Tales from the Borderlands 2 and Tales from the Borderlands 3 and just make Tales from the Borderlands games from now on. Yeah, super funny. Uh, it's something so satisfying about... I really like shooting somebody and having numbers fly up. <laughs> When you're really w- pissing bullets at somebody and they're just 11s flying everywhere, it's like, yeah, take that. <laughs> take more 11s. <laughs> take that 11. So that'll be my life. And uh, yeah, I think that's just about going to wrap it up. Sounds good. For this week on the Geek Down Pod. We just, this was, we were so efficient this episode. Relatively efficient. Relatively. That's fine. That'll cut down to like, I'll <laughs> cut down to like 110, 150. So then, yes, efficient. Soup's a fish. Soup's a fish. There are so many ways you can get at us if you are so inclined on the Twitter at GeekDownPod. You can email us, geekdownpod at gmail.com or on our Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Swing by the Patreon, patreon.com slash GeekDownPod for show notes for this episode or any episode from like three back or whenever we started started the Patreon. And who knows, I may start doing a thing where I go through the vault of old episodes and pick things out. (laughs) All the mistakes. Yeah, I should go. I did. I did have show notes for early episodes. I should compile those back when we had a Tumblr. Um, I should get those together as well. And yeah, look forward to uh, Jordan Lerner's D&D coming very soon. And and Tuesday, the Geek Down playlist will be updated with another 10 Ten fire joints for your for your Spotify enjoyment, and yeah, thank you for listening, friends. Thank you very much. It really does mean the world to us, and we will be back with you next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kevin Kinnis, and we hope you will join us then for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. See you then. My goal. What's my goal in life? Not to sound like a giant slab of beef fat lying on a microphone <laughs> all times of the day <sighs> <laughs> uh, that's disgusting oh yeah it is